Welcome everybody. We are so happy that you are joining us today in the Body, Soul and Spirit podcast. It is always our joy and our desire to see you whole, to see you mentally healthy, emotionally healthy and get on this journey with us so that we can uh, just be uh, people that are, are strong and healthy and really anchored and uh, people that are on this journey to health uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And as we've stated, those three cannot uh, be separated, your body, your soul, and your spirit, and they're all connected. But I am so thrilled today because we are in New Zealand and I am with my very, very dear and one of my best friends, uh, Kate Connell, all the way from New Zealand. And it is, thank you. It is an honor to be here with you guys. And I know that we have so many questions, not only for New Zealand, but things that we are seeing maybe globally, uh, mm. individually, family, you know, in, in every arena, every ethnos, every realm in people's lives. You know, we want to talk about mental health today and being healthy emotionally and mentally. And uh, I just thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, we, I wanted to ask you some questions because I know that the world is, go the world has gone through trauma. The world is hurting. The world has gone through much suffering in the last few years. And each nation is suffering with That's its right. own chaos. And I, being here in New Zealand, you know, it's been such a, an honor. And I, I, I love your nation. I have a heart for it. And I think you guys are the most incredible people. And, you know, just being here, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing and how it's uh, the chaos, the traumas mm -hmm. that people are experiencing. Uh, corporately, but also globally, but also individually. And how is that affecting people? How is it affecting people's mind and emotion mm. and the soul? Yeah, thank you. We're, we've seen uh, huge changes. Yeah. In, uh, and I think that would be worldwide. What we used to know is not a reality. It's not our reality anymore. Yeah. And uh, for us here in New Zealand, uh, our lockdowns over the COVID period were very extensive and they were very long and they were very strict. Yeah. And so what we found over that time was uh, initially people pulled together mm. and they were excited to pull together. But over time, people got tired. Yeah. Very tired. Uh, very tired emotionally. Very tired mentally. Yeah. Uh, even very tired spiritually. And it felt like we were fighting an invisible battle that we didn't know where the end was. Mm. And so that tired people out. And so what we see is people have fragmented and uh, where there was a pulling together, a lot of people have really drawn back into themselves. Mm. And that's in the community as well as uh, in the church. We've seen that as well. And, and even people personally yeah. are really drawing a lot more, uh, working things out on their own and mm. are isolating. And so that's a really big concern for us here in New Zealand, uh, in our own region of Hawke's Bay. We've just been through uh, one of the biggest disasters we've had in 100 years in our nation. Wow. So a cyclone that uh, has wiped out the whole of our area. And so on top of uh, all that happened with COVID and lockdowns, we've just had a huge disaster. So we're seeing mental health is, is really strained here right now. Yeah. From children right through to adults. Incredible. Yeah. I think uh, something that I would love to stress for the audience is 
You know, when you think of trauma or anything external that happens to us, uh, truly, it's it's not necessarily what happens to us, but how we perceive exactly. what happens to us. So our perception, and I think that that determines maybe how we come out mm. of trials, where some people maybe might get stuck and then feel very exhausted and tired. And I think that that's the normal response of yes. any external chaos yeah. or you know, some hardship that we've encountered, losses and whatnot. But I think it's also important to address how we perceive it, right? Because some people can perceive something and look at it as the end of something and there's hopelessness, you know, and then somebody else can look at it as an opportunity. That's exactly right, yeah. You know, so I think what determines that from one individual to, to think, well, this is an opportunity. I can either sit here and be a victim of what's happening to me externally, or I can actually take this and, mm -hmm. and, and empower myself right through this and really come out on the other side of this victoriously. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the keys is not isolating. Yes. Because when we isolate, uh, we go into ourselves and we only have ourselves to to process things with. Yes. And I think that becomes really dangerous. Yes. And so one of the keys, I think, to having a great perspective, and no matter what your situation, is by surrounding yourself with people that are strong. Yes. People that are really healthy so they can help us see what we can't see. That's good. One of the, you know, it's, it's interesting that you just said that because one of the first needs of a child is attachment. That's right. And what happens to us when we grow up and, and we maybe have been detached emotionally, maybe from a parent, you know, or both parents, uh, we grow up with these ideas, with emotions, with uh, certain belief systems. And many times we lose ourselves. Mm. And I think that's a determining factor as to how we view and perceive maybe our traumas and how we view and perceive some of the situations that maybe all of us go through, because we're all gonna go through suffering. That's right. And we're all gonna experience pain, but I think we have to look at it in terms of, you know, what does this attachment look like? You know, many of us are detaching, and as you stated, isolating ourselves. Yeah. And all that's doing is we are losing ourselves in the process, rather than trying to find a community. Yeah. Healthy people. Yeah. How, how would you encourage somebody maybe to, to find healthy people? What would you say to somebody that maybe is listening to us and, you know, what would you say to them? What would be like a group of healthy individuals, you know, that, that they can maybe draw towards? I think it's really good. I think it's really healthy to, uh, to look and not jump in yeah. to a group of people. Sometimes groups can look healthy. Uh, That's but good. But they are like-minded people around wrong things. There you go. And yeah. so I think we need to, I think when we, firstly, we identify perhaps I'm isolating, perhaps I'm not doing well in myself. Mm -hmm. They're the warning signs that I need community around me. And so if we don't have community around us, we need to look for places that are, that are constant. We need to look for places that send a positive message and the message doesn't continue to change. So it's not a place that... Uh, that goes through ebbs and flows on different topics and, and things like that. So they, it's a place that's secure. So a place that has a vision, 
sometimes you'll find that um, in a community of people, maybe in a church, you can mm. find that even in uh, recreational uh, things like sport and things like that, but it needs to be a place where there's a constant. It can, places that change all the time uh, can, sometimes are not good for us. Yes. Because what we need is something constant. We need a positive message. We need something that's secure that if I'm not feeling good or I'm not feeling well or I'm not feeling strong, I need to know that when I show up, it's going to look constant to me, that yes. it's going to look secure, it's going to look solid rather than something that moves all the time. It, it breeds insecurity. Mm. And so no matter what that is, it needs to be a place that has a really strong foundation. That's very good. And I think going back to isolation, I think uh, that leads us to depression. Yes, it does. And how, how much depression have you seen through all this? We are seeing so much depression. We are seeing it not only in adults. We are seeing it in children. We're seeing it in teenagers. Uh, uh, just through this latest uh, disaster we've had in our area, uh, where the suicide rate has skyrocketed, it has gone so high. And so people are losing hope and they don't know what to do. And so they're isolating and they, we're having disaster after disaster with families. Wow. So families are also find that the family unit is under strain, Yeah. I would say. Yes. Uh, some families are doing great, as they do, but some families are really under strain. And when we're under constant pressure over time, is, is I think what we're seeing right now is there's a sustaining of pressure which is making it hard for families to stay together or for units of people to stay together. Mm. And so that's when people are isolating because they can't cope. Yeah. Um, but the moment you isolate is the moment you're in danger. It's, it's the true. moment you, you know if you've isolated into yourself. Um, we all know that place. Yeah. I know that place. Yes. When we isolate into ourselves, you need to know that it's a, it's a place where we... Uh, it, it gives, it's a warning sign for all of us. I agree. And I think one key uh, thing that I think I would, uh, advice I would give to somebody would be not to suppress. Yeah. And I think the suppression, I and I think sometimes people don't know how to express uh, emotionally. Uh, sometimes we just, and, and I thought of the word depression, depress. Yeah. It's really suppressing. Yeah. You know, it's pressing down. And not really, ex you know, letting it or expressing that depression in a way that is healthy and letting somebody through community, mm. through healthy uh, community and being able to express what's really going on inside, talking to somebody mm. and getting the help that you need. But I think a, a big one that I've seen that is causing people to go into this uh, cycle of depression or cycles of s suicide thoughts as yeah. well is, and, and why they isolate, is just that they have a hard time expressing what's really going on inside. I agree. I agree. You know, so I think teaching people uh, to really express, and, and sometimes, and I've heard people say this to me, I don't know how. I don't know mm -hmm. how to express. I don't know how to speak about it. It's almost like we just, we're just going to deal with it. Yeah. But that's not leading you to health. No. And I think sometimes we don't have the confidence to yeah. to approach a group, let's face it. We don't yes. have the confidence to walk through church doors. Yeah. But maybe what you do know is one person that you know is a constant. Yeah. And it's a place just to say three words, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need help is the, is the most courageous thing you can say. There's this great verse, and it says this, that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Yeah. And when we don't have hope, it's like 
internally in our mind, in our heart, we become unwell. We become really unwell. Yeah. And so we need hope. And so if you don't have the confidence to approach a community group, walk through church doors, then if you can find one person that you can say three words, I need help. And I know that somebody that is strong enough that you say that to will help connect you to the right places. There are great places in our communities that can bring hope to us. Yeah. And so if you can have that courage, if you're in that place, no matter what it's for, maybe it's not through a disaster. Maybe it's it's life has been hard. Yeah. It's been over a sustained period of time and life has been hard to be able to get your voice back to say, I need help. Yeah. Maybe the only three words you have. But I know that when we say these words, I know that help comes. Yes. I know when we can say it to, just to one person. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to understand that verse, that hope deferred, when hope is lost, when it, when it gets pushed aside, makes our insides unwell, makes, yeah. our, makes our soul, makes our body actually, it makes our mind unwell. Yeah. They did a study, as a matter of fact, and they found that uh, cancer patients... Uh, there was a commonality in a lot of cancer patients and they found that most of them uh, were isolated Hmm. and they suppressed emotions. Those were the two common factors. So our physical bodies start to take a toll as well. That's right. And and we become sick. And I think it's important to address the fact that community is important to, I think, expressing and finding somebody that you can really just let all that out, let all that stuff that you have harbored for so long out. I think that that's key. And there's almost like this release when we do, and you can speak to healthy people. And also I think finding yourself, because in isolation, Mm -hmm. we lose ourselves. And I think the mind is so powerful and we start to lose ourselves and hopelessness comes, Uh, depression, discouragement, all those words. And the mind starts playing tricks like it's just life cannot get better. Mm. Or when is this going to end? Or will this ever change? And it leads us to hopelessness, as you stated. And Mm. it makes the heart sick. So we're making ourselves physically sick. And so when we isolate like that too, our perception changes. Yes. So we lose 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 our our center. Mm -hmm. And we lose perspective on what is really happening. So it starts to shift and we start to, well, you look at a a ship Yeah. when it sails, if it goes off by one degree, initially it doesn't look like a lot, but if that happens over a long period of time, a ship can go off course, way off course. Now that can happen to us when we isolate. Yes. Is that we just, one degree, our perception changes of the world around us, of who our people are, who our community are. Do I have community? Do I have family? Do I have connections? And the more I isolate, the more my perception can be altered or can I can actually become deceived Mm -hmm. and not see things the way they really are. And that becomes a really dangerous place for us to be. Mm. Yeah, because your heart has a lens. Yes. And we are looking at our lives. So it's perception, as we've stated. Trauma, as a matter of fact, one of its definitions, it's not what happens to you, it's a wound, but it's not necessarily what happens to you. It's your perception of what happens to you. And so we can actually have a wrong perception. We can think that something was rejection when in reality it wasn't rejection. And those are opportunities, I think, for empowerment. So I think changing the lens would require us to not, would you say, isolate, 
Absolutely. And two, how do we change the mind? What what kinds of thoughts do we need to do? How do we, I think we have to be intentional? Yeah. I Intentionality, too. I think, is key. There there are things that you have to intentionally do that maybe we've formed habits, belief systems. It's easier to just maybe go into your bedroom, you know, get under the covers and just be depressed and have a pity party. That's probably could be the easiest thing. But that's not going to lead us, as you stated. I love that example you just gave about the, the ship. And I think that's not going to lead us to the that's other right. side of victory and to the other side of better, yeah. you know, and really using what happens to us to empower us. Absolutely. And I'm so about that. Yeah. Getting to the other side and being empowered. Yeah. And I think it is possible, but I think a lot of it has yeah. to do with our perception. I do too. I think uh, one, of the, one of the ways we can empower ourselves is to, uh, is to take our thoughts and yep. to slow down everything that we're doing. Yep. And to take one thought at a time. Yeah. And, and to look at what are the things, what are the threads of thoughts that are going through my head? Are they healthy? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, empowering me? Are they things that are leading me to life and to health or are they things that are leading me into depression? Mm-hmm. And when I can start to catch those thoughts and identify those thoughts, then it, it gives me a stepping stone of where I'm going to head next. Do I need to change those thoughts? Do I need to talk to someone, get the thoughts out of my head and out in the open so somebody can help me work through those thoughts? That's good. We, we call it metacognition, which is really think about what you're thinking about. Right. And that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's key for a person to talk to somebody because I think they bring clarity to you. Yeah. And then you're able to gather your thoughts and think about each, you know, thought, is yeah. it leading me in the right direction? That's right. That yeah. is great. So all the way from New Zealand, what do you want to say to all the viewers and all the listeners? This has been awesome. Well, I want to say it's a privilege to be on here <laughs> and uh, I bless you today with a strong mind. And I bless you today with a strong, healthy body. And I bless you today to know what a strong spirit is. And they have the best coffee. (laughs) New Zealand has the best coffee. Thank you so much. Again, it's our desire to see you guys whole, complete, Mm. and very healthy. And we're on that journey together. We'll see you guys next time.